my parents. I'm Heidi and today it's pretty fucking deep. (laughs) If you've been following this podcast and our journey as first time parents, our little boy Memphis just turned four and hubby and I have been sharing our decision to whether to have another baby or not on this podcast. Now, the reason why we've done that is because you've been our mediator and so is this microphone. We've been doing it with a communication and relationship coach, James Fish Gill, and together, the three of us and you have been talking about whether we're going to have another baby. You see, hubby's one and done. And I have felt so desperate, like this yearning, but not knowing, you know, why this desire was so lit within me to have another child. And today is big. Today is big. I think you're going to hear in our fifth therapy session, some things that you'll be like surprised. I know I was, (laughs) and I have been surprised at how this has kind of played out. So if you're just joining us for the very first time, hello, welcome. Uh, We're a couple of parents from Perth and we are sharing our journey, as we said, as first time parents. And our son has just turned four. Um, and we're about to get into today's therapy session number five. You probably, if you've been following this podcast for a while, noticed that we did have a bit of a gap. And that's because in all honesty, Griffo and I have been going through some really big, heavy, uh, personal family stuff. And it's been really, really tough. And to have these big conversations around having a baby, well, we just haven't had the capacity to be honest. And so here we are back with therapy session number five to let you in on whether we're going to have another baby or not. Hello to you, my friends. G'day. Wow, it's been a while. Holy shit balls, about bloody time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we aligned. Is it like mid-April since we last spoke? Was it? Surely not that long. I mean, I suppose that was just the other day. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> It could have been. So was it? Wow. Yeah. And then we had so much going on. But I also feel like divine timing. (coughs) Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And capacity in like. Every aspect. Yeah, in every aspect, like emotionally. Like I've been. I think you've been sick. You've been sick as well and just. And burnt out, like I've been burnt out as a mum, not necessarily in any other any other area except being a mum. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's bloody good to see you guys. Um, you too. So where we left off in our last session is I was asking you to practice speaking the diagonal statements. So, let, so I'll just start with this question for you guys, put you on the spot. Yeah. Why would we want to speak a pink diagonal statement? Remember, the pink diagonal holds our yearning, our valid yearning, the, the, the deeper intentions that we had in our heart in one hand and the unintended pain that our actions have created for them in the other hand. Why would we want to do that? So that we both feel seen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And understood and validated and, um, yeah, just it dissolves like the conflict straight away. Yes. As soon as my yearning gets recognised and the unintended upset I've created for you through my actions gets recognised, then suddenly both people are starting to have what I call loving awareness wrapped around them. And in that space, I don't have to be the villain, even though my actions have caused you pain. So if I don't have to be the villain, then I can actually more be more open-hearted towards the pain I've created for you because it's unintended, because my intentions got recognised and the pain that I've unintentionally created for you gets recognised. Beautiful. So when it comes to the white diagonal, which is a the way that I hold my very real upset based on what you said or did in one hand, and in the other hand I'm holding what your tender heart may actually have been hoping for behind what you did or said. 
why would it be useful for me to speak a white diagonal statement? Uh, I guess so they um, understand your pain so they can yes. hear. Uh, yes. Yeah, sometimes they, they can't. So I guess you might need to explain that to them, but they need to be able to, you know, listen and uh, accept whatever that is that you're feeling. Beautiful. What What is it about the white diagonal that might make it easier for them to understand the pain that their actions caused me? Well, you're not doing it in a aggressive way and like giving them, putting blame on them. It's yeah. like offering them, you know. Not condescending. Um, sort of. Like it's offering them like an invitation to be like, was that it? Yes, I'm saying here's some unintended pain that I received and I can start to understand or inquire about what your heart was actually yearning for. Because have you noticed that any time that you approach someone with the the attitude of you've caused me pain so you're a jerk, you will never get open-heartedness in them, like never. Yeah, they shut down straight away, defensive. Yeah. Shut down, defend, fire back their accusations at you. There's a whole range of ways they defend. But we are, if if we're going to share our pain without recognizing what their heart was actually yearning for, then we will guarantee a defensive mechanism in them. And that happens all over the world all day, every day. And then we tend to just jump to conclusions about what that means about them. They're yeah. gaslighting me, say. You're gaslighting me, but actually they were defending against the accusation of being the villain because in their world, on their terms, they're not a villain. They didn't want our pain. So to express our pain into their open hearts, we need to recognise what their heart was actually yearning for. Mm-hmm. So your turn. And, you know, if we need to take a moment for you kind of to feel back into these diagonal statements, I'd love you to turn towards either the baby conversation because that's been super topical or if you feel more comfortable for right now, you could use these diagonal statements regarding something that's kind of a little less huge. Well, do you know what? Like just probably to debrief the baby situation just a little bit and then It's just, like I said, for me, through these conversations, I have reflected so much. I never thought that it would go this way. Now I don't want to say that, like, I've made my decision or we've made our decision because we haven't spoke about it deeply. But me, through everything that I've gone through in the last six months as a mum, I just don't know if I have the capacity to want to be a mum again. understand. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, you know, and this conversation has allowed me time to reflect these conversations from the podcast. Like, I would never have done that before. Like, I've gone away and I've thought about, like, whose story is it that I want to have two children? Like, is it mine or is it society's? Is it, you know, other people telling me that, oh, an only child will be spoiled? Like, I've sat with all of these things. Yeah, all that pressure from the outside. Yeah, and then another thing was it's like, well, what needs weren't met for me and what I realised was a big thing was the um, the birth for me didn't go how I wanted it to go. The first few months I don't feel like I was 100% present because I was so fucking anxious and questioned every single thing and every single movement that I did that I actually don't didn't know if like I was a good mum and I'm still asking myself that fucking question but I was like I think I've been trying to rewrite history and I'm like you know by having another one it's like oh I can do that I can do the home birth if that's what I wanted I could do this and I would do this and I would do that and I have just had to think like you know obviously Griffo and I need to go deeper on it and talk about it and everything but yeah, I would never have been able to reflect had I not have had these conscious conversations and hurt each other because I would have just got pissed off and, like, my ego would have taken over. Yeah, and the, the, the rift between us just naturally grows yeah. unless we've got some safe place to bring our experiences and have them give them space to reflect on. Beautiful, Heidi. So if if we just use what you were sharing in terms yeah. of a diagonal. Yeah. Um, 
what were you then, you know, everything you said about, you know, wanting to rewrite it, wanting to do it differently, not feeling like you did your best or you were at your best for the first few months, not having the birth experience that you wanted. So if we work with the pink diagonal, what was your, what's your heart yearning for in the notion, in the idea of, or in the thought of having a second child? What are some of those really key yearnings? I want yeah, to feel. When I've been reflecting, like my yearnings were, like I said, like I wanted to rewrite history. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was, I was like, oh, I want to have this birth experience that isn't, traumatic and I had to pretend that I was okay like I pretended that I was okay you know like and I had to put on this really brave face because I was so scared inside oh my god I didn't think I was going to cry today but here we go (laughs) I was so scared inside because we were about to go in for an emergency c-section and it wasn't what I wanted at all but I knew I had to be brave for Griffon I had to be brave for like this little baby that was coming and so I was like, no, I'm good. Like I had music playing and I, and then when I spoke about it afterwards, I just talked myself into that I was okay. Yeah. And so for me, it was like that yearning to like have this peace and, yeah. and know that I could birth a child naturally and not feel, <laughs> I guess everyone feels scared in childbirth at some point, but I just, yeah, I think it's like this. Not to feel the disempowerment. Not to feel the disempowerment and not to feel like I was getting told what to do and I had all my um, hopes and, I guess, dreams. Like it was an unfulfilled, like, um, dream, you know, to have this thing the way that it went. But also even those first few months as well, I think, you know, everyone always says your second child, like you ace it, you won't worry about this. You know, there was nights that I was up at 3 o'clock in the morning Googling, like, why is my baby making this noise? Is he breathing, Emma? Like, you know, like... So much stress, like, that I yearned for, like, an easy breastfeeding experience, an easy, um, you know, like, to see Griffo with a child, like, like getting maybe him to rewrite history as well. Like, do you know what I mean? For everything that he went through, that's probably what I yearned for him too. Like, that having a second chance would just be so much better and um, more joy than we experienced the first time and like just not having to pretend that it was that I was that I was okay or we were okay when we were yes beautiful so actually at the at the bottom of it yearning to feel empowered yearning Mm -hmm. to feel joyful yearning to feel ease yearning to feel like a great mum and great parents yeah see how the um the idea or even the decision to consider let's have another child is at at its foundation is I want to feel like we can do better than we did. I want to feel more joy. I want to feel less disconnection. I want to feel less overwhelm, less disempowerment. That's what the heart yearns for, all hearts actually. Mm. And And I think, yeah. not discounting the fact that you might want to experience that through having a second child. I'm just saying at the very essence, that's the emotional truth of it, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, just like this anxiety that I was like, oh, maybe I won't have that next time. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think um, because I've been through it now, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I've had, yeah. You want to smash it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And then, you know, someone said to me, but what if you did have a second child and it was the same way and all those things and I'll, and it was 10 times worse and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. I've thought about that as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. we, don't get, we don't get to control external circumstances like that, whether we have an easy child or a difficult child, uh, a child who's well or a child has health concerns. But still underneath your yearning for a second child is a yearning to do it better, to smash it out of the park, to imagine to feel like you've done a fucking wonderful job. Yeah, because that's one of my biggest things is that I question myself all the time. And so I guess, yeah, it's like that. I guess I want to, you know. Prove yourself. Prove myself. I don't know. But like I said, I think a lot of it is feeling a lot of peace, like you said, and empowered. 
Yeah, no one feel peaceful and empowered and mm-hmm. like a wonderful mum. Yes. And yes. the fulfilment of doing my best. And so if we could do it again, then I could probably rewrite some things that actually still cause me pain. Mm. Yeah, because you think you're over it. And, like, we did our whole first season of our podcast, like sharing all this stuff live on our podcast. And I look back now and I think, oh, my God, like, I was so anxious and, like, then I would overthink that and this and that and, you know, like, that, yeah, I think it's just that yearning for... Um, you're yeah. in a fairy tale. Well, I just want to, have, like, I guess feel just, like I said, just more peace within myself. Peace, completion, joy, mm-hmm. satisfaction. Yeah. This And this is a note. For, ev- for all of us, all listeners, everyone, in the top left quadrant, our yearning, there's always a component of I just wanted less pain. Like I just wanted less of the pain I've experienced. That's that's a huge motivating factor for us, right? It's like what gets me up to cook dinner is I want less hungriness. <laughs> yeah. You know, less discomfort. It's always part of the motivation is I want less of what I don't want, so I'm going to move towards what I do want. Beautiful. So lovely. So if we cross the diagonal, and I know that I know that we've worked here, but let's just see what how we can deepen it. Yes. When you reach into the, the unintended pain for Griffo of you proposing a second child or considering a second child, unintended because you never woke up one day and thought, how do I leave my man feeling under pressure or unconsidered right you never you never had that thought and it's quite likely if this is a conflict between you guys or has been in the past that there is some unintended upset there for him and Mm -hmm. normally we don't even consider that in fact we try and push it away and say i don't know why you're so upset i just want wonderful things but this model says let's reach into it and find see what we find there because we're trying to open their heart by speaking to the unintended pain that they've been left with. So what what do you find when you reach into um, the the upset that Griffo might have experienced? I think that... What's the reluctance been about? From him, I think, I guess, from, like reflecting and like just our conversations like a lot of the resentment stuff comes up that maybe even like resentment against me like why would you want me to go through that again like you know how shitty that was for me you know how stressed I was like I get stressed about money but I also was thinking about as well like just not being number one like oh you already choose Memphis over me now you want to choose another one like yeah so I'll be number three instead of number two I'll be number three or the cat. No, you. Then the the cat, then me, number five. (laughs) Number five instead of four. I love it. Not even the cat's arsehole, Jesus. Sliding down, snakes and ladders, group. You haven't even put the business in there as well. I know where I stand. (laughs) Number number 12. (laughs) Yeah, like, and I think it's. And what are you speaking to, like, in his emotional experience of, like, not coming first or second or third anymore and potentially actually getting less of your energy or love or attention, what feelings might come alive for him that you would never have wanted for him? This is not at all why you want to have a second child to create this and it's alive in him. I think he feels disconnected and then he feels not good enough and then, you know, not that I feel like that story plays largely in his, like, yeah. you know, but I think it would be there, like, from, um, you know, but just maybe doesn't know always ha- know how to express it. And, like, I see the um, just maybe kind of like the worry. That's something that I feel a lot from Griffo that, oh, she's burning herself out, she wants to do this and now she wants to have another kid, like, you know, what, and then, uh, what are what are some aspects in his heart that he worries about that we're trying to articulate? He worries about me and like um, not, I guess, like giving my best self to the family. Like, do you know what I mean? So then they get kind of like the crumbs. 
<laughs> so it's like, yeah. well, if we have a baby and then, you know, um, yeah, like if we have another baby and you have a business and you have Memphis, like it's just, I guess, like it just dr- brings us even more disconnected that he just gives up as well. And like, he's like, well, why am I fighting for this relationship? I'm worried about more disconnection and more stress. Yeah, like we're not going to ever have date nights. Like, And so then he starts to go down that and it's like, you know, when we married each other, we chose each other. And, you know, I think that's maybe something that he, like I can tell he feels sometimes that I do choose Memphis and, yeah. So with another time it would be like, yeah, just kind of left out. Left out. The number five. (laughs) That, that unimportant, overwhelmed, stressed. It's a to get there, but I got there. <laughs> alone, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, lonely and... Maybe in those early months of parenting, he actually felt quite alone. Who knows? But we're just feeling into it. Mm, and unmotivated and, yeah, disconnected. Beautiful. Lovely. So you've done such a great job, Heidi. Thank you. That was magnificent. You spoke to the essence of your yearning and you spoke to the essence of what we think his pain could have been, right? It's still a maybe because he's the authority on his experience, not us. (laughs) But we've made a good start because that pink diagonal statement starts to say, hey, your pain matters to me and it's distinct from what I'd hoped for and they're both true. And we don't have to fight because normally back in Back in the normal way that we do conflict, you would fight for your yearning to be seen, Heidi, and Griffo would fight for his upset to be seen. And you'd be throwing those analyses against each other. Yeah. You're like, why can't you see? Why can't you support me? Why can't you? If you really loved me, you'd do this with me, might be your argument. And his argument's like, I just don't think, and I just am worried about, and it's just like, really, do you really want more overwhelm? And see how you're actually having two very distinct conversations. And the more that conversation happens, the more you make each other wrong. Whereas this honours both. Yeah. yeah. So... Once we've done the pink diagonal in terms of the next skill that we're developing, see over on the bottom right in that box, the offer is what you've just done. The offer is the pink diagonal. You've said, hey, here's my yearning and here's what I think you're suffering with. That's the offer. Next is inviting. So the invitation really is to say to Griffo, talk to me about your experience. Talk to me about the upset that it causes you. So do you want to give that a go? And we'll we'll see if Griffo feels comfortable to illuminate some more of his pain. So do I just have to ask him to? Sh- so I yeah. just an, an inviting question might sound something like, "How is it for you?" You know, me thinking of having a second child. What are the impacts on you? Have I got your pain right? Am I in the right ballpark? They're all questions that create this space for Griffo now to step in and go. Well, here's how it is for me. Yeah, because sometimes I wonder, do you deeply think like I am <laughs> Yeah, I like, mean. So, yeah, how do you feel? I mean, for me, I do, I don't think about it all the time, like of where I'm coming from or where I, why I feel the way I feel. But I think you did hit most things on the head with regards to, um, you know, it's it, it would feel like we've watered down our relationship I feel like a lot of time, um, well, well, we don't obviously have as much time as we used to, which I don't think I have resentment to Memphis, but I feel like I used to a bit because it was like, wow, it's very much you too, which understandably as a newborn, the mother is the first and foremost to be there. So then I was felt pushed aside. I probably had some issues going on at the time. And I think to go back to that would be quite hard. And then also what impact that has on our relationship, I don't know. And I think is it worthwhile trying to go down that path for the potential outcome? It's the unknown. And I know you can't always predict, but, yeah, if you go off history, you go, okay, it wasn't the greatest time. Yes, we could rewrite it and could be perfect, but also is that the gamble that you want to have and that kid's there for our life? Uh, It's just a lot to process and want to have that. So... I think what you said was quite right. Is that because it's what you would love to hear? 
Well, it was good. Like what you'd said was quite how I felt. So obviously you had felt yeah. how I'd feel, yeah. feel about the situation. Beautiful. Beautiful. So now, Heidi, you've you've made the offer. <clears throat> here's my yearning and here's what I think your pain might have been. Two components of the truth beyond analysis into experience. And then you've invited him to share and then he shared. So this is actually, this is the pathway we're taking. We're creating safety for them to express their upset. So in what he said, which verged on, he shared some experience and then he started to steer off into like a bit of analytical. In his experience, what do you want to validate? Because he's going to want to, for, for, for emotional intimacy between you guys in this moment, and by that I mean what I feel is okay for you like what i feel is allowed that's what i mean by emotional intimacy i'm inviting you now to validate what he shared is there anything that he said that you might want to validate and by the way validating statements are things like yes that makes sense i can understand that i see that perspective now of course because yeah. All of those, all of those are the absence of challenging, pushing back on his experience. Anything you want to validate that you really feel he wants recognized such that he can open instead of defend. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I just want to say thank you for sharing now but also just coming on this journey like doing this together and going deeper and sharing how you're feeling and not always knowing what you feel and why you feel it but you are here and you show up and you know you're learning how to express yourself and I see it with Memphis and just now what you you know said as well like just the resentment and stuff and yeah it must have been really lonely at times and I never want you to feel like you know Memph and I you know don't have you you know we've always got your back beautiful so thanks so in terms of your skills Heidi being able to say it must have been really lonely at times is a deeply validating statement to make to Griffo because now Griffo doesn't have to fight for his very real upset to be recognised, which means he can just open to you mm. and receive your experience. Beautiful. And the final part is honouring. And by honouring, I just mean speaking to the character strength that you've just witnessed. I see your vulnerability, I see your courage, I see your kindness, I see your commitment. What is it about, and you kind of started to do it already, what is it about how Griffo is showing up for this conversation that you really want to honour? His character, the character strength that you're seeing in him. Well, this is why I married you, you know, and I say it to everyone. I'm just like, I'm so lucky to have you because you unconditionally have always loved us and me and you know I know that the baby conversation is hard and you know you don't want to disappoint or you don't want to and so you know at times your walls and that have gone up but yeah I think that just I love watching you become this person who shares and is vulnerable and a leader and honest and yeah just a really good really great fucking dad not just a good dad and just my best friend and it takes a lot of courage to sit on a podcast and do this stuff and also in our relationship as well but I hope that you feel the you know the depths that we're going to like I do because yeah Love it you. means a lot <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, Griffo, can I just check in? At the moment, Heidi was leading this process and she came with a pink diagonal statement saying, here's what my heart's longing to feel and here's what the ways I'm proposing to meet those needs, here's how it might land for you, here's the upset it might cause you. And then she got curious and invited you to share and then she validated what you shared and then she honoured you for sharing. What's that process like for you? 
What's what does it feel like for you? I think how we said at the start, the whole process of this is just. Uh, I think the biggest thing is to be heard and felt. Um, <clears throat> your perspective, whether it be right or wrong, um, I think that's where we get caught up with being right and not want, wanting to know about the other side of the story. <clears throat> and we're madly trying to defend our own validity by dismissing theirs. Yes. Yeah, um, but you can see how quickly and easily you can navigate, or if you can navigate the right way, both people can be heard. You can still walk away not fully getting their side, but it's it's showing that you actually have heard them. It's yeah. when it's when it's dismissed like black and white. It's um, yeah, it just it just throws fire, you know, like gasoline on, on a fire. It just really does enrage people. So. It's, um, yeah, it's it's warming to hear it and to feel it from them that they get what you're saying and how you feel and what's going on. Beautiful. Beautiful. Heidi, how did that feel for you? Because I was inviting you to really speak to the essence of your yearning, which ultimately will leave you, feel, if you've done it well, will leave you feeling like you're a wonderful person for what you want. Mm. And then reaching into Griffo's pain and being able to wrap his pain in your loving awareness as well. What was it like for you? Yeah, I feel a sense of, um, yeah, like peace and, you know, I don't know what is going to come from this, but, yeah, I felt like a, a, a part of, you know, peace, but then, like, you know, your little ego slides in too and is like... <laughs> what about me? What, yeah, like, what? don't forget, like, oh, so you're going to do all this work and like all those things, you know what I mean, like that little voice in your head. But in the moment it feels just quite natural actually to, and, you know, it like the whole diagonal stuff, that gets a bit like, you know, <laughs> oh, you overthink that, but uh, but it does feel quite natural to share that with him. And like I said, it just makes you feel more connected. Yeah. Yeah, I acknowledge that these tools, when you look at them, they can be a bit overwhelming. It's like, how do yeah, I get this right? How do I get this right? Yeah. But actually now, now you guys have reached a point of familiarity where you're like, oh, yeah, I know how to speak to my yearning and I know how to speak to their pain and I can do them both. I don't have to overthink it. I can just feel into yeah. it. Yeah, it's the ego that's like you've got to do it this way, you've got to do it that way because fish has this written here. And like, <laughs> But then it's just when you just start talking into your feeling, it's already there. Yeah. Like, and it, and it's, and creating this safe space for you to be able to do that, It then, you know, yeah, it just feels safe. Yeah, beautiful. Griffo, do you want to have a turn? Sure. You might need to coach me in as you are a coach. So yeah. I think it's just like for me, I'll just get my head in a scramble. Like you said, you, you know what to say. It's just sort of how you get guided into. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That, that's just my only thing that my brain just is uh, probably not a strong point. <laughs> but I know what to say once I get going, if, if you know what I mean. Exactly, exactly. And I'll just guide you. And remember that, we, you know, we and your listeners actually have like a, a graphical structure that helps us. It supports us to feel into what's important, all four things. If you populate and speak to all four things deeply, you can't fuck this up. Like you can't. You just have to think which quadrant am I in and what is there to say about that quadrant. So let's try out the pink diagonal. Um, what I'd love you to start with, Griffo, is what does your beautiful heart, loving heart, want through expressing uncertainty about having a second child? What are you actually, what are you really longing to ensure happens for you both and for you as an individual what do you long to feel through perhaps not having a second child because it's all magnificent what's under there it's all magnificent i think for me uh i mean i love having us three as we are now and i enjoy our time together and i want to create more time for us so we can have more of that good time um, I mean, I, I don't know if this is in this quadrant, but just how how I'd be feeling if I was to have another kid, I'd, that would be watered down. 
So that's more yeah, of a- So you, you're yearning to feel the absence of things being watered down, like you're yearning to feel the concentration of the three of you and the joy that you experience. Because I know the dynamic would dramatically change. Um, it could be for the good, but I just, I do enjoy us as a three, you know. Um, it's, yeah, we've been together now for four years as a, as a family and, yeah, I want more of that, but not more of humans. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and, and if we go into the emotional experience of that for you, Griffo, what do you yearn to feel through there just being the three of you? I think um, ease, peace, joy. Yeah, I think having the joy of us three, you know, it does bring me joy. Um, yeah, I just, I think I just love just us three, you know. I mean, to have another one is. Don't analyse, put your hand on your heart, feel. Yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just joyful with what I've got, you know. I don't feel like I need more in my life when it comes to family. Yeah. I'm sort of and if, yeah, beautiful. And if the and if the notion of having a second child for you got sort of removed, what would that enable you to feel more of? I guess um, I mean I wouldn't feel a sense of worry at times. Yeah. Um, so I want to feel less worried. Yeah, and that's on many levels. You know, it might be uh, worry for you and how you feel, but worry for financial status, uh, worry about, um, yeah, um, how our time will be together because the uh, the demographic have changed. Um, yeah. It would be a big weight off my shoulders. Yeah, I want I want to feel the weight lifted off. I want to feel more ease, less worry, more freedom, perhaps. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, let's go across the diagonal and use your beautiful big heart to feel into what your woman is unintentionally perhaps left with in any moment where you say, mm, not sure about a second kid, because this upset is alive for her and it's not what you have wanted for her. So see how well you can articulate it and your job here is to leave her feeling completely fucking understood for the upset she's been experiencing. Um, I have faith in you. Um, I, I can see the pain in your face with just wanting that fulfilment of sort of rewriting life and time of of being completely there and in person and not distracted by an annoying little kid or work or stress or anxiety, I, I can see you want to rewrite time and do that again so you can feel like you've got 100% fulfilment from being a mum, from carrying the kid to having the kid to watching them grow up. I, I know how much that crushes you that you feel like you haven't done enough and I think for you, you would want to relive that but rewrite it in a way that you do have that fulfilment and I can see that that is a burning desire. I know um, that you would want a, another child because I think you're an awesome mum but that's something that you just, I don't know, I just feel like that's what you really would like to have. And if it was, if that opportunity was taken away without her consent or without her agreement, let's come back into the pain. You've done such a beautiful job just, just now by acknowledging her yearning. Can you feel that? That's beautiful. Now back into her pain. What, what might it be like if that couldn't happen for her? I mean, yeah. Emotions. What emotions would be present? And you'd be feeling would be sadness deep sadness um maybe rejection from me not wanting to be there by your side and fulfill mm. the dreams that you desire um incompleted mm. you know we're, we're three and if it's not four it's not right or it's not 
yeah, whole. Mm. Um, whether there's concern there as well of that I don't want it, so there's concern around our relationship. Mm. Beautiful job. Now, can you feel naturally how it tends to lend itself towards making an invitation to her? And the invitation, remember, is just to say, hey, by the way, you're the authority on your pain. Do you want to talk to me about it? What's it been like for you? How was your pain been for you around this topic? It's been really, like, hard. And as much as, like I said, there's a part of me that's feeling like the other side of not not like thinking maybe I don't want to go through all this stuff again with having a toddler, I still feel like at times that like it's been easy for you and not for me. Do you know what I mean? That I feel like I've sat in the depths of like deep pain and sorrow and grief. Now I know that you've had your own at different stages, but, yeah, sometimes I feel like, does he really understand, like, what I'm letting go? Like, has he really felt it? But I think, like, you're, like, you know, you're acknowledging what you just said. Like, it feels like you're understanding it more, but, like, sometimes I do feel like, oh, did he get off (laughs) scot-free? So now, Griffo, this is the challenge that when Heidi starts to say things that you might naturally want to defend yourself against, right? Like, of course, I, of course, I have my, of course, it's been difficult for me as well. Instead, listen to the pain that she's expressing. So, what's the pain that she's expressing behind? Sometimes I wonder if you really understand. What's she feeling? Um, she's probably not feeling supported and heard, uh, right. maybe loved at times because right. a loved one should be there by her side and supporting one another. Um, so I do completely understand that that is how you feel. Um, maybe a sense of like aloneness. Yeah, and maybe with some of my actions that might have been that way um that that's made you feel that way beautiful now by the way griffo your actions can never make anyone feel anything this is kind of like a, we don't have to get into this really but like i can't ever make anyone think feel say or do anything but i can make contributions to the environment between us such that they naturally start to feel certain things. So it's we're not having a conversation about look at how much Heidi's pain is your fault. That's that's not the conversation we're having here. We're having the conversation that says look at what your beautiful heart yearns for, Griffo, and the actions you've taken, including maybe at some time saying I'm, I'm, I've got fear or doubt about having a second child can leave her feeling a bunch of very real ways for her. But that doesn't mean that you're the villain because look at what you were yearning for. Just like the upset that Heidi's actions can cause you doesn't mean she's a bad person because look at what she was yearning for. When we become masterful with the pink diagonal, we realise that there's no such thing as a villain a villain, villain, villainization is something that happens in the mind. It doesn't happen out there in reality. It's just people taking actions based on what they're hoping for that cause unintended pain. That's reality. <clears throat> Beautiful. And is there anything you want to validate or honour in Heidi? You started to do that validation. It makes sense that you might feel that way. Was a, was a fantastic validating statement. How would you like to honour her? What character strength do you see in her right now in this conversation? I think being brave and vulnerable with how you're feeling and saying your truths and not sort of just, you know, folding over and just accepting what I'm saying 
uh, and that just goes. So just standing up and having the conversation because, yeah. you know, to, to do that's not, I think everyone needs a voice and for you to stand up and say exactly how you're feeling is very brave and honourable. Yeah, beautiful. And here's the thing. Here's the thing for all of us to recognise that when someone brings their upset to us, it is actually on the deepest level, it is a demonstration of their commitment to the relationship because bringing their pain to us is an indication that they want to be pain-free and they want their pain addressed in order to be pain-free. So we don't often see complaints that way, do we? We often feel like we're being criticised or judged or told, told that we're not good enough, but they bring upset to us in order to have their upset tended to in order to be pain-free with us. And that's a remarkable commitment that anyone makes to us. So if we can stay steady and open to their pain, it actually is an invitation to go deeper. Because as soon as Heidi's pain is seen by you, Griffo, her heart opens to you. And Heidi, as soon as Griffo's pain is seen by you, his heart opens to you. So this is how we open each other in the midst of conflict. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, what you just said. Now. I do want to take a little side detour here. And I want to look at, because in those pink diagonal statements, we're starting to touch on someone else's pain, right? Have we had this conversation about how we were trained to respond to pain? Have we looked at this yet? So if we're going to be masterful in this approach, we need to be pretty masterful at staying open and steady in the face of someone expressing their pain to us. But there's a whole bunch of ways that we've been trained to not stay open and steady in the face of someone else's pain. So I'm just going to step you through each of the ways that we might have been trained, finishing with the final one, which is what we're practicing in this conscious communication approach, which is validating pain. But we don't, we don't normally, it's not our default to validate pain. Here's what we do instead, naturally. And as I step through each of these, I just want you to consider and all your listeners to consider which of these trainings have been most dominant in your life, mainly by our caregivers, but also by society in general. And I'll demonstrate, I'll demonstrate with the story of my daughter being two years old and jumping on the trampoline outside the kitchen window she loved the trampoline when she was two and guaranteed she would get on the trampoline she had a little stool to get up and she would jump and jump and she would jump higher and higher until guess what she'd topple off or hurt herself somehow inevitably every time right so each time she injured herself i would go out to her but i noticed that there were different approaches i could take many of which were habitual so the first approach would be to tell her her pain is untrue. And many parents take this approach that says, come on, you're being ridiculous. There's no, there's no cuts. There's no scratches. I don't know why you're crying. It wasn't much of a fall. Don't be ridiculous. See how that approach is actually telling her that her emotional experience is not true. That's not what I'm trying to do as a parent. I'm actually just trying to not have her fall apart because my parenting journey that day is a bit more difficult is if, if my daughter is crying for hours, right? Particularly if we have to go somewhere, whatever. The second approach is that pain is someone's fault. This, by the way, this is woven into our society so deeply. If, some, yeah. if, if, if there's pain, it must be someone's fault. This is every political debate. Every every news topic is around something went wrong. So who do we who do we hold to account? It's called, but it's actually not accountability, it's fault, fault finding. And so in terms of my daughter on the trampoline, that might sound like, well, that's because you jumped too high. Or that's because you 
didn't wait until I was out with you, right? Can you see how I'm I'm saying the problem here is your decision-making. That's why you got injured. It's your fault. Now, that's, that's a valid approach. It's happening all over the world, but it actually doesn't tend to my daughter's pain. Can you feel that? I'm already trying to work out whose fault it is, but meanwhile, she's crying and needing nurturing. The third approach might sound like you'll live, which is pain is being minimised. So I'll be like, oh, you know, it's not much. Like it's not, it's not, you know, you don't need to cry about it. It was just a little fall. The fourth approach might be pain is compared to other pain. So she might be crying and I might go out to her and say, well, it's not as bad as when I was your age and I put my teeth through my upper lip on the trampoline. It could have been worse. Yeah. You know that, you know, that approach that your parents might have taken back in the day when they, when you weren't hungry, but they would say, what think of the starving kids in Africa. So it's yeah. like, it's like comparing your experience to the experience of someone else to kind of minimize it. Mm. All very common parenting approaches, by the way, when, when pain is involved. The next one is pain is fixed which might be me saying, well, you have to you have to only jump to a certain height. Like we'll put rules around it so pain doesn't happen. Or I'll put mattresses around the trampoline so you don't fall off. Or you can't jump on the trampoline on Tuesdays when I'm washing the dishes inside. Like see how I've already gone into what to do about it, which is very natural, very valid approach in the mind. It's just that it's not tending to my daughter's pain like it's just not i've already gone off on trying to fix it and many many women listening to this and also many men but particularly women will really resonate with when you come to your partner with some upset and they just want to do something about it instead of stay present and receive you ever experienced that yes <laughs> like darling i don't need you to fix it i just need you to fucking get it yeah i've Beautiful. never Hardy coming to me to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it is so true. It just must be the way us men are wired. We just want to. Yeah, we, we are wired that way, but also human beings are wired that way. Like my my beautiful mum. Every time I go and express pain to my beautiful mum, she she tries to work out what to do about it. Mm, yeah. Yes, I'm big on that too. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, well, let's let's just let's just get rid of the pain. Let's just do something to get rid of it. Now it's valid to work out what to do about it. It's just not tending to pain. Can you feel that? It's distinct. And the final way that we might have been trained is pain has to be understood. Like it has to be rational, it has to make rational sense. And this is one that I get carried away in all the time in romantic relationship. I'm like, yeah, but hang on a sec, darling. How? How was that so upsetting to you? Like explain to me why that word is so upsetting to you. Can you feel how needing to rationally understand it is actually not the same as just getting it? Yeah. Yeah. The well, more this, I this, why, the more yeah. I'm not actually open to what. Well, I guess for me, I kind of watched something on, I can't remember, it might have been your stuff, Fish, or somewhere like a parenting thing. And this is one thing I've been really trying hard with our son, Memphis, like when he's having a tantrum or whatever or something upsets him because it's like just saying like, oh, I see you, buddy. I can see that you're having a hard time. Is there anything I can do? Can I give you a hug? Or, you know, instead of like all these other things that you've just gone through because I think my go-to is your go-to is like, don't cry, you'll live. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and not they're not. They're not bad or wrong. They're not bad or wrong approaches. They're very natural. If you look underneath of each of these, there's a yearning for us as parents to have our child not in pain. Yes, yeah. or try to fix it. Yeah. It's a beautiful yearning. It's just that we are on some level conveying this notion of pain is bad, you're wrong about pain, or pain has to be pinned on someone. It has to be someone's fault. But actually, when you get really tuned in, and yogic philosophy really tunes us into this, pain is is inevitable all the time, just like joy is. Pain is coming, joy is coming, right? Pain is not bad. It's just the absence of joy. <laughs> yeah, and we have to feel pain, don't we, to feel immense joy. 
like if we, we love and are joyful, then the other side must be loss and grief. It must be. Yeah, yeah. And, but I think so, like we do try and avoid pain all the time, don't we? Like, yeah. Plenty of people live motivated by trying to minimise pain, but we don't actually get to live that way. We just get to be stuck inside in our CCTV things with insurance and insurance for our insurance and insurance for our insurance for our insurance and, like, don't leave the house because the world is dangerous. But actually that's not living. Anyway, sidetrack, final final approach. Final approach and the the approach that we're practising here is just to say, that pain is validated. Statements like, I or you have every right to feel that way. It makes sense. Yes, I see that, of course. Wow, that must be so difficult for you. You must have been so alone with that for so long. That must feel really difficult. That must be really sad. Wow, how heartbreaking is that for you? All of those statements are validations. And what pain needs most is to be wrapped in loving awareness, which is what validation is. Pain can start to disperse as soon as we bring loving awareness to it. So, Heidi, you'll notice that when Griffo speaks to your upset, it's not like it disappears, but it feels softer, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like it's more manageable because it's just got wrapped in loving awareness. Yeah. And so when Heidi speaks to your pain, it's like at least you don't have to fight for it to be recognised anymore and there's some like, thank you for seeing me. So pain aches to be seen and, and recognised and that's what we're doing in this, in this program. Which of those methods or responses to pain stand out to you either either in terms of your relationship to each other when the other person comes with some upset or complaint or in terms of your parenting or in terms of your friendships or your business relationships which of those stand out to you i'd say fixed for me would be the standout but there's uh, most of them jump out you know um and, and that's all of them. That's also validation. Um, but, yeah, it's usually the other ones first, but fixing the problem before even just acknowledging the problem first. Yeah. 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 I think that in the relationship. But I think that's probably me with, like, my friends and stuff as well. Like, people come to me for advice all the time. So I'm like, yeah, we could do this, we could do that. And yeah. one thing that since I've been doing this work is trying to hold space and just listen instead of, like, jumping out in with, like, why don't you just try this or... But all of them. I just want to be heard. All of them, like it's interesting going through all the stuff that we've gone through in the last few months with you know everything that that is why there's been issues in our you know relationships with you know what we've gone through because our pain hasn't been validated at all. It's been met with all of that. Yeah, it's so like it was really interesting. <laughs> It was really interesting to read all the all the well-meaning humans with their comments on your was it your Instagram posts around second baby or not, and like people chiming in with their own perspective. And but every time I chime in with my perspective on what you should or shouldn't do, I miss the fact that there's an opportunity for me to actually just recognize the experience you're having. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, ultimately that's what we want, our experience. See, yeah, you could see the people, couldn't you, that had done the work that were like, I see you, that's, you know, thank you so much for your vulnerability. <laughs> and then the other people, like you said, that were like offering the, like the different perspectives. But and- then that comes back to the four quadrants that their <laughs> intention yeah. is to good and you're going, <laughs> you've completely missed it and then you yes. go back to the quadrants and resolve the problem. Yes. That's right. Everyone chiming in has this has this deeper yearning. Actually, they, you, you're spot on, Griffo. They have a deeper yearning. They want to offer something that they feel might create less upset for someone, right? So that's the advice giving is based on I want I want you to feel less upset. So here's some advice, and if you follow it, you might feel less upset. Mm. And then there's this unintended upset that this unintended impact that they have to leave you feeling like judged and criticized and not 
acknowledge for the experience you're actually having. Just get rid of Griffo. Just get rid of him. <laughs> I think someone did write that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So, um, so the reason I brought up those ways that we've been trained to respond to pain is because when we when we start to create space for someone that we love to express their pain that they definitely have in our conflict, they will always have pain. As we create that space and invite them to share their pain, we have to be mindful of the fact that we'll be tempted to make it untrue, make it someone's fault, minimise it, compare it, fix it or understand it, instead of just say, yes, my love. I see how sad you are. I see how angry you are. It makes sense. I'm right here. You have every right to feel exactly how you're feeling. It's not what I wanted for you, and it's clearly true for you. So that pain is validated aspect, if we can practice validating people's very real pain, if everyone did that right now for five minutes, <laughs> all wars would stop because there's all this untended to pain that's alive in the world. And what we most want is for someone just to come up to us and say, you have every right to be as upset as you are right now. Look at what you've been through. Yeah. So I wonder if we might leave it there. Mm -hmm. What I'd love to get to next week is or next session is to go to the white diagonal and become really skilled there. That's when we express our pain and validate that they never wanted our pain and do invite validate honour and then move on to how do we start to look for ways forward using the four truths? Yeah. How does that speak to you guys? Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I like that. It makes you just reflect so much in your life, doesn't it? Like when you see it in the, all those like the pain things, it's like yeah. I know we do, we do that to each other all the time, day in day out. Yeah, yeah. It's no wonder we've all got issues. <laughs> it's just, like our, isn't it? it's just... Yeah, our biggest thing of not being seen or heard. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, here's here's the reason why it's so prevalent this way that we just naturally make each other wrong for the pain that we're in is because we normally deliver our pain unskillfully. Like we don't normally come to someone and say, hey, I just want to let you know about some unintended upset that I'm sitting with. We normally just go, why the fuck didn't you remember the bread? Or how dare you be so controlling, you bitch? Or I can't believe you've been such a hopeless friend to me while I've really needed your support. Why didn't you call me? We make all these analytical statements that are unskillful ways of expressing our pain. So naturally people push back on our pain. Naturally people go, I, was, I wasn't being an uncaring friend. I wasn't being insensitive. I didn't mean to forget the bread. Like we're naturally defend against it. Mm. So... That's so we just make each other wrong for pain all the time. Yeah. And this approach just says, I'm here for you, and it makes sense. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited about moving forward. Thanks, Fish. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think just everything we've done over the past think, four or five weeks now um, couldn't have come at a better time. Mm. But also, yeah going forward as well in in every aspect in life whether it be at home at work friendship someone that you run into a, at the shop that you don't know just anything you know it's just just seeing things from a different perspective of just i guess peace and harmony rather than yeah. all the shit we're just so used to from society yeah yeah exactly i mean i'm sitting in the sauna with this guy and as soon as i say hey I'm struggling with the heat and he goes, oh, sorry, man, and he goes quiet. There's this opportunity for me to at least, even if I don't say this to him in my heart, I can feel like 
yeah, buddy, that must have actually felt like really frustrating to you that you couldn't keep building the heat. Mm. Like I don't need to make myself wrong for it because, look, I was standing up for my own comfort and, of course, he would feel frustrated. Like, of course. Because he just wanted to, like, take the lid off the hot box, right? Just... Just I would have like punched him because I can't even I can handle one throw on their sauna. Yeah. yeah, well, I tell you what, like in the first few, I was like, this guy's a fucking prick. Like my conflict mind was firing up. And then I was like, wait a second. I think I've got some tools for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we have to remember as well. And I think we have those aha moments of, oh, that's right. We've got tools for this yeah. too. <laughs> oh, God, I guess I should use them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like I said, if it doesn't happen in the moment of conflict, it happens in the repair afterwards. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a really good thing to kind of include is like the work that we are doing here is probably not within your reach in the heat of the moment. Like if if some big thing was about to blow up tonight between you guys, you probably wouldn't be masterful in the heat of the moment. But as soon as you could, I would encourage you to reach for the tools to repair. That might be three hours later. It might be two days later. It might be a week later. But these tools are the tools to repair even if we can't apply them masterfully in the heat of the moment. And you guys are doing so well. Thank you so much for listening. If you are appreciating this podcast, if you see us, if you've been through the same thing, you're going through the same thing, or maybe you've got, (laughs) you know, a whole band of kids, we really appreciate you for coming along on this journey with us. We have one session left with our therapy coach um, and we will then be wrapping up this season of first time parents. But if you're loving it, please rate and review uh, and do slide into my DMs on Instagram at underscore Heidi Anderson to, you know, to chat. My DMs are always open. And if you want to get our full therapy sessions, there's a link in the show notes as well. We are giving you that too. So thank you so much for listening. We'll chat to you next week. Bye.